Good morning. I know some of y'all are like, okay, didn't they realize that Christmas can pass? They still got Christmas trees up. Okay, so now these are called winter bushes. But I got the, the, the refreshment team. They dressed up like Santa Claus and stuff for that one weird one with all that cowboy junk on. <laughs> Don't let the devil use you. Sit down. I love her, though. She's a blessing and a half. Here's what, here's, here's what happened. Um, as, as we were prepared and we had already, had, you know, kind of macked out what we were going to be talking about going into the new year, I noticed something right after the 25th had passed. That it seems that after Christmas Day, all the joy seems to go away. It seems that after Christmas Day, not only do we lose our thrill of the season, sometimes some of us forget the reason. So I was like, no, 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 hold up. No, 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 no. Because if, if this is a true gift that God has given us, it should have an effect going forward. This is what I realized. Um, my kids, they, they, they're young. So you have two types of gifts. You have some gifts that are just toys. They're going to play with that. They're going to outgrow with that. And then they're going to want something new real quick. Especially if you have a young one. They may just play with a box. One of those things that will make you mad. But there are some things that they receive that are tools. There are things that's going to help them develop, help them grow. It may even do it in a fun manner, but there's a benefit that goes way past just having a little bit of fun and joy. See, what I get and is caught up in is sometimes in the season of Christmas, I find the joy to the 25th, but then nothing happens past the 26th. I go back to being just the same way. But if the gift of Jesus is really properly used and executed, it should be a tool that builds my life, not a temporary toy that just gives me brief joy. So that's why I say, hey, y'all, leave the Christmas trees up. Let's let it be Christmas just a little bit longer, because I think we still got a little bit of work to do. That's why you say, so this is Christmas still. Yeah, it's still Christmas. Because while we may put away all of our Christmas stuff and the season may go away, do not let go of the reason. In fact, I want to go back to a story that we typically read around this time of year or Christmas. It's found in Matthew 2. And the story reads this way. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that same time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back. And tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. 
it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. God, I ask that you would guard my heart, guard my mind. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would not just speak through me, but continue to speak to me. God, I pray that in this moment you have your way. You say what needs to be said. You do what needs to be done. Calm my heart, calm my spirit. God, you do what you want done in this service. And not just have a service, but God, make an impact that infects us when we leave this place. Help us make a difference when we leave this place. It's in Christ's name I pray. Everyone agree? Said, amen. Um, so one of the things you may not know about me and my family, uh, we are kind of into theme parks. We really enjoy going to theme parks. I have two children, Jordan, 10, Hope, she's five. But one of the things that happened last year, every year around Thanksgiving, we go to Disney World. Uh, last year, 2021, when we went to Disney World for Thanksgiving, my daughter kind of got upset. So, you know, she's the younger one, so the younger one always wants to do what the older one does. Jordan's older, Jordan's taller, so Jordan can ride more rides. Jordan is like, I can ride, he's bragging, I can ride this, I can ride that. And Hope is getting upset. In one ride in particular, she really wants to ride at Disney World. It's called the Hollywood Tower of Terror. They, she saw our pictures, she saw the video, she's like, I want to ride that. But when she went up to the line, she was too short. So I said, Hope, the only way you can ride is you got to be taller. Now, my four-year-old had, well, she's five now, but she had a very smart mouth. She says this, all I do is come to the park and can ride teacups and eat. So I said, well, Hope, you got you to gotta be, gotta be the height. You got to get it. Your head has to be there. And she goes, well, Dad, how can I get taller? And me and my wife did the most parental thing ever. We told our child, you need to eat your vegetables. <laughs> and all of 2022, my daughter housed vegetables. She would literally go out and ask for a bowl of broccoli as a side. And then go, measure me. Not quite, hope it takes a little bit of time. But it kept being, am I tall enough? Am I tall enough? Am I tall enough? Well, this past Thanksgiving, we go down to Disney. It was the last day, the end of the night. And I didn't realize, I was like, is she tall enough? I can't remember. The park was closing down. And it was a 120-minute wait. My daughter says, we're riding this ride. <laughs> and for over two hours, on the Thursday night before we flew back, we waited in line, and she was tall enough to ride. Now, here, here's why I, I mention that, though. Because you don't have to ride when you go into the park. There's a lot of other things that you can do. But there are certain height requirements if you want to have certain experiments. There are certain things you can't do unless you are tall enough. 
See, in the kingdom of God, everybody can get saved and that's great. And everybody wants a blessing and everybody wants this and that from God. But can I help you out? There are certain experiences you do not qualify to receive from God unless you are first willing to grow. So yeah, get saved. Yes, you can enter. But your rate of growth determines what you will experience. If I'm being truthful, some of us are experiencing less than ideal circumstances because we refuse to grow in what God has us. It'll be like this. Would you turn around, love your child as much as you want, but would you give your, te- your 12-year-old a car? No, no, no. No matter how blessing it is, they're great and you love them and everything, but if they can't handle it, then they cannot receive it. There are certain things that God would want to do through you that if he were to give it to us, we would be reckless. Growth is required. See, here's the thing. We can live a unfulfilled faith and function like that's it. But let me help you out. There is so much more that God wants you to experience. Scripture says this, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, but catch this, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So you have to understand, in the kingdom of God, The kingdom of God is a mindset that has a bearing on my eternity, but should impact my present. And if I am moving closer to who God is, then there's a place of commitment, obedience that leads to maturity. And when God realizes he can trust me with more, he can give me more. Now, I'm not just talking about stuff because sometimes we make church about getting stuff. Here's where we get distracted. We want so much stuff that we forget who he is. The scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Do you realize everything you need comes after your seeking? What he's saying is if you would change your focus and focus on me and look to me because where my focus is, that has my attention, that has my energy, that has my effort, I'll take care of everything else. See, the thing that I want you to understand for this year, the places that you want to go in God is going to require that we grow in God. The same stuff that we dealt with last year in those same places. This is why I hate when people say every year, new year, new me. How many new years are going to get? <laughs> like at some point, we should like literally be like new year, new level. New year, step it up. I'm going to be better. I can't keep being brand new every year. Think about this. If I got to be a new baby every year, then I'm not going to grow. (laughs) And I'm understanding that God do something in me that grows me to the place that you want me to be. See, this is why I I tell this, this text. We typically read this story around Christmas. But, but when I started to read it a little bit different, I said, ooh, I'm going to hold on that. We got we to come back to this because there's something else. A couple things. Number one, we read the story. We talk about the, the three wise men. That's what we say. Okay. First of all, it's not three wise men. 
More than likely, it's three gifts, frankincense, gold, and myrrh, but it's probably more than three people, okay? So that's the first thing. Secondly, we tell this story around Christmas, but Jesus has been born for a little bit of time before they get here. If you notice, it says that they went to the house. Didn't say they went to a stable. They went to a house. So Jesus didn't upgrade it. He didn't moved up. Got a bed and everything now. And that's when they get there. And they said they come to worship him. But before they got there, it says they went to Jerusalem. And that's what I want to focus on, because it says they were following a star. But for some reason, they ended up in Jerusalem. Now, when I thought about it, I was like, OK, why'd you go to Jerusalem? Well, he's a messiah. He's a king. Of course, that's where the king would be in the capital. That's what makes sense. Of course, that's where he would be. So they went there with the intention of finding Jesus, the Messiah there. Let me show you what I realized with that. Oftentimes, I think I know where God wants me to go ahead of time. So I'm like, I stop following and I just start going like, meet me there. Like, I, I know his will for me or I assume his will for me. So it's like, oh, this looks like what God would want me to do. And I stop following and I start going, expecting him just to meet me there. When I thought about this, I was like, well, hold up, you know, uh, mm, ooh, I make that mistake. Because here's what I realized. A lot of places where I think God is, he ain't there. I don't know about y'all. I don't know if y'all ever been to some places and you're like, oh, God should be there and he ain't there. Everything with a steeple on it, not talking trash, just being honest. Everything with a cross on the top, God ain't there. Every person who talks about Jesus, Jesus, and Lord, Lord, God ain't there. Everything that looks like God is not God. And what happens is we become distracted with our expectations. And then once we get there, our expectations don't match our experience. And we blame God like he let us down. But catch this. They went there. He's not there. But they didn't stay there. They kept looking. I don't know. Have you ever been through this? But I can be real with you. There have been places where I thought God would show up. He didn't show up. And I got mad. I have found places where I needed him to come through in a, in a hospital room or in a relationship or in this place. Like, God, if you don't show up, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then he don't show up and I'm mad. It's real easy to have this expectation of God. And when my expectation doesn't match my experience, now I'm disappointed in him. Do you realize that Jesus wasn't there, but that didn't stop them from looking? See, here's what I did. I did. I said past tense because I had to really evaluate this. I would get to a place and I feel like God let me down and I get stuck in disappointment. Here we go. Help you out. Disappointments are a part of life. As long as you're on this earth, you will find disappointments. The question is, where do you move from disappointment? Because if I sit here in my disappointment, what tends to happen is I begin to drift into a place of despair. When I get into despair, I become discouraged. I don't know if y'all hear the word discouraged. I lose courage. I lose hope. I lose faith. Now I'm still drifting. I'm still drifting. Now I'm in doubt. And I'm like, where is God? But I've drifted so far from this point that I can't find him. 
See, here's the thing. When, when you don't see what you want, you don't stop. Let me show you a scripture right here. It says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds. Do y'all see that part? Keep on. Keep on. Keep on. See, what happens is we just do it once and say it didn't work. I prayed one time and it didn't work. I asked God one time and it didn't work. And I get it because we live in a world where we say to keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome is foolishness. But in the kingdom of God, it's called faith. See, this is why it's very important. You're either going to be in a place of disappointment and you're either going to move to a place of despair or you're going to move to a place of diligence and you're going to keep on. Diligently seeking God is the answer to your despair. Like even when you felt like he wasn't there, because notice this, they had to leave that place and keep going. Now, let, let me let me show you something there. Now, this is what really jumped off the page at me. Did you notice that Herod went and asked the religious people? He asked the teachers of the law. Hey, where is this Messiah? Did you notice they could tell Herod where the Messiah was going to be. But did you notice it didn't, they didn't move themselves? Did you notice they knew the scripture, they knew the word, and it caused them to do nothing but sit in the same place? This is why we have to be careful. New Year, got it. You're going to start your Bible plan, got it, good. But are you trying to read the Bible for information or transformation? They knew scripture. They can even tell you how to find Jesus. Yeah, he there, he there, he there, and they did not move. There are a lot of people, they, they, they're full of knowledge. Guess what, y'all have heard me say this before. Satan knows scripture, but if it does not transform you, it's doing you no good. They can say, here, you can go find Jesus here, but they didn't move themselves. The scripture says, it's not enough just to be hearers of the word, but we got to do something with it. See, see, the thing about it is, God did not say, I'm going to bless you because you know about me. The blessing is not knowing about God. The demons know about God. Satan knows about God. The blessing is in seeking him. Let me show you. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's not enough just to know. The question is, this year, are you willing to seek him and let him guide you? Because catch this, catch this. It says that they saw a star at the beginning. Somehow they lose track, end up in Jerusalem. But then they get on track again, go to Bethlehem. And the scripture says they saw the star again and got excited. They go in, they worship, and it leaves. But then they had a dream. And it says that God spoke to them and said, you got to do something different. Go back a different way. You notice wasn't what, what's not there when they left? The star. Now, you hear me out on this. Because this is where some of us, notice the pronoun, us, we get in trouble 
God will use anything to get our attention. The problem is sometimes we begin to worship what got our attention and forget about whose attention we should be focusing on. They know the stars. They study the stars. So God said, okay, I'm going to take what you know to bring you closer to my son, Jesus. But once you encounter Jesus, the star is gone. Listen, you may have come to Jesus in a church service and that happened on a Sunday morning, but you may not have a church service on a Tuesday when you need to hear from God that day. And so if you got to wait for another church service to hear from God, you're going to miss him. And some of us are so busy looking for signs and signals that make us feel a certain way that we're no longer listening to his voice. He said, after this, the star goes away and he talked to them directly. Do you understand that the same way we started, that's then. We have grown up to something else now. And if we keep waiting on the old feeling. I want that old thing back. You're going to miss the new thing that God is trying to do in your life now. The scripture says that God spoke to them in a dream and said, you got to go back a different way. See, check this in Jeremiah. It says, obey my voice and I'll be your God. And you shall be my people. And walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. Do you understand? We obey his voice. See, the thing that we have to recognize is this. God is looking to connect with you, not just know you exist. See, sometimes, I don't, I don't know, y'all don't pray like this. Y'all better than me. I found myself only praying when junk go wrong. I only pray when I need something to happen. I only pray when I need God to fix something like he's a plumber. <laughs> what God is seeking is. Can you hear from me when everything is going right? Can I trust you enough when everything is going right to still go to church? <laughs> can I can I trust you enough that I can bless you in your life and you don't forget about me? Will you come out of your prayer closet when you get your amens? Or do you stay seeking me when everything is all right? Am I only here to fix it? Or have you grown enough to love me to stay with me all year long? See, he says to them, go back a different way. And many people have asked me, what does this year hold? Can I be honest with you in my, my whole, my prophetic office? I do not know. People have been prophesying on God for years. But here's what I hope you catch. I, I don't know if you watched the, the New Year's service. What I'm believing God is to position me, position you in a place to be prepared for his purpose. Because even when I don't know how to do in his place of purpose, I get direction on what to do. But it's not enough for me to hear. What if God says, Trey, you got to do it a different way this year? See, it's not enough that God told them when they got up, they had to go a different way. They couldn't go the way that they knew. They came this way. So I know this route, this route, this me and this route familiar. I know this relationship. I know it's got some toxicity, but I know what's going to happen over here. I, I, I know this pain. You ever heard the devil you know is better than the devil that you don't know? 
just stay away from the devil, please, okay? But I'm just saying, like, literally, what God is saying, if you'll trust me, and if I tell you to do it differently, will you love me enough to do that? See, this is why I wanted to do communion today. Sometimes we get so caught up and we say, oh, the Christmas story. But we forget that the Christmas story is only a prelude to a cross. And the reason that we have the gift of Christmas was because a greater gift came on the cross. That he loved us so much that he says, "Okay, I'm going to send my son so I have an opportunity to connect with them and they could be with me in eternity. But don't get so focused on eternity that you forget that God wants to connect with you today. Don't be so heavenly minded as they say that you're of no earthly good. If you understand that the gift of Christmas should have an effect on every day of your life, that we cannot afford to keep drifting to this place. Listen, uh, listen. Mm. All right. Some of us have been so discontent with God that we've drifted and we're sitting here Sunday after Sunday, but we could care less about him. We will come to church. We will do the religious stuff, but we feel like God let me down. God, you let my mom pass. God, you didn't give me the answer at the doctor that I wanted. The problem is now we're so focused on God. What did you do for me that we forget who he is? When we begin to look at who he is, then you can find peace in the storm. I know this is church. And I'm supposed to tell you, follow Jesus and your life is going to be great. That is not true. But your life can be whole. Even in the midst of mess, we have a backup plan that should be our first plan of admission that that's to Jesus Christ. Not when junk goes wrong. When junk goes right, let him set your path. When you stay connected to him and you stay where he wants it, I know it's going to look crazy, but remember what I said. We cannot lose courage because without faith, we can't follow. As my young lady was talking about earlier, fear has got some of us held down and we've been comfortable there. This is what I know. Whatever the future holds this year, God is still holding it. In the very place that God met you, he met you in a mess, but he's not going to leave you in a mess. He met you in pain, but he's not going to leave you in pain. God loves you too much for you to stay there. But we have to grow up, move up so that we can go up in him. What God wants to do for you this year is more than we can ever ask, imagine or think. But it will not happen unless we are connected to him. The worship team is going to sing a song. We're going to come back. We're going to have communion together. We're going to celebrate what God has done, who he is and love on him.